review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, John Hastings. John Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Hey everybody, I'm John and I'm moral and I host a show with a moral Dylan got. Dylan has no morals, Dylan just punched a kid and said, that is why God is dead. Dylan's a bad person, John's not. Yeah, there you go, I'm Dylan God and you know what? I love morals, the morals of stealing from children. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about 1993 part two. The Reckoning of Vince McMahon, because, ooh, daddy, we got a bunch of stuff that, one, the steroid trial, if it if you're looking at it through 2020 eyes, seems fucking quaint. The fact, all the steroid stuff that we've already been through right now in the society, the fact that um, Alex Rodriguez, one of the stories about him was uh, him and his, his bro got him some clean piss, and then they went and partied, and his bro... Dropped the piss and couldn't find it. YOLO. And he almost got caught that way. So that seems quaint because the the idea that the only the carnies use steroids and then also the reader Chatterton stuff, which is through 2020 eyes, Vince McMahon's a monster. Cool. Never forget about Alex Rodriguez that he has a full portrait of him as a centaur in his house. And uh, he was completely brought down by a self-tanning spray enthusiast who... Mm-hmm. Uh, felt disrespected over $4,000 loan from a fake doctor. Yes, that is one of the great documentaries on Netflix. I forget what it's, it's called, called, but it is... Curveball. Caliente. Curveball. It's called Curveball with Alex Rodriguez <laughs> being rude to a guy who, yeah, he's a juice pig, but motherfucker, this guy got fucking morals, yeah, goddamn. By the way, no, 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 no. Alex Rodriguez never met the other guy. The guy... That he pissed off was a sketchy, weird, cokey doctor pissed off a guy who liked to self-tan, and that self-tan guy had some files about A-Rod, and now he gives lectures about not doing steroids to kids. It's real good. But I'll tell you who who (laughs) doesn't talk to kids nor doesn't not do steroids, and that's Vince McMahon, who on January the 4th, Ted Smith and Sean O'Shea reads like a fucking... Uh, uh, James Joyce, oh, uh, Ted Smith and uh, Sean O'Shea met town for a pint of Guinness and thought, we've got to get that McMahon boy. He's not a good Catholic. That's a terrible accent. That one, that was good. I heard he was a Protestant. Let's go kick him into the river down by O'Brien's place. Oh, the one thing I know, Seamus, is that no one likes you or anyone else. Okay, time to quickly head over to Mass and get blessed by Father O'Leary and then go accuse them being... Sheep shaggers. <laughs> what spot on accents by the two greatest comedians of this time, Dylan Gott and John yeah, Hastings. John Richard Pryor Hastings and Dylan George Carlin Gott. Go ahead, Dylan. Ooh, yeah. I'm George I'm George Carlin, and then we got Bill Cosby, just the talent part, John no. Hastings. That's what he always I says. Bill Cosby, just the jokes. Oh, no, that's bad. But a good marketing strategy for the post COVID comedy boom. Hey, I'm like Bill Cosby, just the jokes. <laughs> no drinking. <laughs> no, Bill Cosby never drank. That's the part. Hey, do you want to get wasted with me alone in a hotel room? And it's the 70s, so no one thinks that's weird for some reason. Sidebar before we get to the creepiness of Vince McMahon. All sober comedians that were in that are in bars at the Edinburgh Festival after 1 a.m., you're creepy. Really? Yeah, because there would always be... 
I was sober for many Edinburgh festivals. Here's how quickly, how much time I would spend in a bar. I'd walk in, I'd smoke a cigarette in the smoking area, and I'd get the fuck out of there as quickly as possible. Then you'd see like a bunch of dudes like, hey, I didn't think you'd drink. Why are you in here? And you're just like, I'm just hanging out. With who? No one in particular. And then just head swivel, head swivel, sniff of the air, disappear. <laughs> Uh, I wish certainly uh, that I would have, as they, as the man says, not drank at all during an Edinburgh because I remember just being like, S- <laughs> I'm too tired. I'll go for one, and then 3 a.m. I'm like, and that's when I took my dick out, and the shark said, "That's a good dick." <laughs> what are you alleging you did? I lived the movie Jaws, but then the shark sucked me <laughs> off. Okay, I'm just trying to. <laughs> Here, I'll get him. Sharks can't resist my hog. He tried to chew it off, but it was too big. Broke all his teeth. <laughs> Just saying wild shit. Good time. Oh, it was three dicks over the uh, over Annapolis. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very, obviously, this is one of the most YOLO, the least YOLO years in the history of pro wrestling for Vince McMahon. And in the grand tradition of this entire case... Most of the stuff we will talk about during this year, the government had a bunch of shit on Vince McMahon. They went on about it the completely incorrect way, such as the fact that if you really want to get Vince McMahon, because clearly this is, I mean, me and John, as we mentioned, have watched the show Billions, so we completely understand what's happening here and the government wanted a skull and what bigger skull is the guys that are on tv all the time but no one really respects yeah you're rich so you're invited to the party but you're still the biggest fucking loser rich person at the party that's Vince McMahon absolutely for sure. the other point is is that by if they get a convention conviction on ability right now because they don't have the court of public opinion on their side so it's one of those things where Vince McMahon is one that you can take down. It turns everyone against sports in general, and you can open it up to investigate everyone else. The notion that no one knew anyone was ju- juicing in, say, baseball in the 90s is absolutely asinine. They all went from, like, baseball used to be thin l- nerds and genuinely unhealthily obese people somehow being able to be professional athletes while smoking and eating and walking slowly. And then about this time, every baseball player suddenly got abs and hitting home runs, and the game was incredibly exciting for about six years. And then they were like, we should probably do drug testing. And they're like, well, why? And it's like, "Um, Barry Bonds just told a wall to stop looking at his wife that way. His wife is in Cleveland, and then he just beat up a wall and showed everyone his testicles, and they were inside his body. And then, yeah, we probably should probably drug test <laughs> that guy, I guess. And then Sammy Sosa is just <laughs> walking around with a needle genuinely out in his asshole, and he's like, it's a pen. It's a pen. <laughs> How else am I supposed to do autographs but in needle juice? So, yeah, this is before that, of course. Um, so let's start, let's start, baby, because they get George Sohorian, so they think Vince McMahon is next, motherfucker. Yeah. This is in 4th of January, Ted Smith meets with Sean O'Shea, the head of the business and securities fraud section of the Brooklyn Attorney's Uh, Office. Oh, Sean O'Shea, good to see you here down here at the business affairs section of the Brooklyn, New York. You are here, ready? Uh, what are you bringing these 
charges against Vincent Van. The Mavans and the O'Shea's have been enemies for quite a long time. I remember his great-great-grandfather wouldn't give my great-great-great-grandfather a turnip when we were at the local Cork Turnip Festival. And I said on that day, I said, oh, I'd love to legally persecute a McMahon. <laughs> I'll get you back. That's my goddamn turnip. I mean, you sold steroids or whatever I'm talking yeah, the about. The thing to remember is the turnip was the steroid of the time. <laughs> so in January, Phil Mushnick prints accusations uh, from nails because Phil Mushnick oh, yeah. is... This is the problem, is that Vince McMahon's a monster, but he's also having monsters come out against him, where it's like, Phil Mushnick, who had just recently said uh, Jackie Robinson was a bad baseball player, uh, came out against Vince Here's McMahon. What it is, is God- if Vince McMahon is a monster from a movie, he's Godzilla who takes wet shits on your city and then just laughs at you and the only and his enemies are all like this Godzilla pisses on your city but it's not wet shit so that's slightly better but it's still incredibly annoying so all of his enemies are not that much better than him so it doesn't work like it's just like like even the government's entire case is not well thought out and executed properly Phil Muchnick is a like a noted racist he is a quote-unquote Dylan Gott style racist and so it is an incredible problem that these are the guys lining up to oppose him because in the court of public opinion where a you're going up against a guy who's really good at lying and fabricating the truth because that's his entire business and you're like who will our media weapons be I know uh the son of one of this man's noted enemies and then two lawyers who don't seem to know about jurisprudence <laughs> yeah well i mean phil mushnick of course um just writing exactly what's in john hastings head since i don't know whenever john hastings was born probably judging by his political views the 1830s um Phil Mushnick obviously uh, hates Vince McMahon. He's printing stuff that Nails said. Uh, Nails, of course, if, I mean, if you're if you're in this part of the internet, you know the whole Nails story. He knocked Vince McMahon out and was like, you touched my penis. <laughs> so, I hit you too hard and then my dick came out and now you're sucking it. So it's you did that. You fucked me on the payoff and so you know what that means. I'm going to make things up about you. And also, by the way, I'm somehow one of the only wrestlers that Jim Cornette doesn't like. And he can like almost anyone. <laughs> Cornette's mad at me because I was into the idea of boning his wife. <laughs> yeah, I responded to those letters right away. They were letters at that time period. They were not text messages. <laughs> letters. Dearest Kent, will you fuck my wife? <laughs> From the desk of fucking motherfucker Jim fucking Cornette Louisville. Fuck you. <laughs> so... In Buffalo news, in the Buffalo news, this is good. <laughs> you know you're big when you're doing the Mr. Nanny because this is the Mr. Nanny tour. You know your movie is gonna do good when you're fucking <laughs> in the Buffalo news. Hulk Hogan said that he would have told Arsenio Hall he would do stero- he had done steroids. He would have, but he didn't have enough time. As if he's under the impression that Arsenio Hall sits down with someone for an hour and goes, Hulk Hogan. Just talking circles for an hour and a half. And that's what I landed the fucking <laughs> rocket on the moon, dude. I was the first one on the moon. 
and then I dropped a big leg on Mars, brother. Let me tell you this, brothers, all right, coming at you, Buffalo. First things I want to let you know is your strip clubs are full touch, brother, and I like that. I'm the holster. Second thing you need to know, when I appeared on that uh, fellas there dudes program, he didn't let me lie for a dude full hour, dude. He only let me brother lie for about 15 brother dude, dude brother dude. This is the whole thing where every every single wrestler says this, but like I used steroids when they were legal, but now that they're not, I have never even heard of yeah, them. Yeah, it's very, it's 1993, and as you're going to see, because we're in the first week of January, is also a perfect storm of they're trying to do all this damage control, and then there's all of these outside events that just prove them wrong. So you have Hogan being like, I could have explained the entire thing, don't worry about it. And then not six days later, Kerry Von Erich is arrested for drugs. <laughs> Kerry Von Erich is arrested for the final time, and he is fired. And then, of course, on the urging of his father and Vince McMahon, uh, commits suicide months later. Yeah, he commits suicide months later uh, because of he could no longer take all of the dark thoughts in his head that were caused by his horrifically terrible father, who no longer exists, and the world is better that Fritz von Erich is dead. Let's say this, though. Can we say this? That uh, 1993 for Vince McMahon is the antithesis of 1993 in the ring, because I had a lot of fun talking about wrestling in 1993. Who would have thought that literally the year we became wrestling fans was also Vince McMahon's worst year? I think but I think that that's probably true of a lot of internet wrestling fans, because they're all around our age is the main bulk of, I think, the internet wrestling. Really vocal are all around our age. So this was the time when we became wrestling fans, which is why we like, you know, small bumping babyface champions. We all like the Bret Hart style champion because that's who we know from when we were kids. And Vince McMahon will never recognize that because every time he sees Bret Hart, he just sees Phil Donahue's face and the time that he had to speak respectfully to Dave Meltzer as opposed to just calling him boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, Dave Meltzer, like, being his, literally his friend, because he's just like, Dave Meltzer, for whatever you want to say about him, is a very, like, he's it does editorialize, because now podcasts are a thing, and you kind of have to, but at this time, he was pretty much, like, an apolitical reporter on this stuff, and it's crazy that, like, everyone would get Dave Meltzer on their show, but then whereas clearly every time these sensationalist shows like donahue like geraldo we'll get into later have dave Meltzer on they're like disappointed that he's not a blustery guy he's just more like a deceptively ripped nerdy wrestling fan and what they want from a wrestling guy is more in tune with like hulk hogan or nails or dr d david schultz where it's like it's me dr d Vince McMahon invented sex to hurt women. Ah, it's me, Dr. D. I'm a bounty hunter, and yesterday I killed a man just so I could get fucking bus fare. Vince McMahon's fault. He paid me once, and I got used to liking money. (laughs) So, this, and this is the other thing is, there's so many, anytime the mainstream media or any part of media is talking about the WWF, they always uh, go with puns where basically... Uh, now it can be told is a show with Geraldo Rivera uh, that has David Schultz on. They have Rita Chatterton on. Who, if they just they could have just made the whole thing about Rita Chatterton because it's a very affecting story. Basically, she's a referee, and then Vince McMahon uh, rapes her. Um, is the allegation, 
And she's very convincing. The other guy they have along, who I was looking up earlier, Murray Hodgson, uh, just is pretty... I mean, most people have decided he's a liar. I don't... It's not me to say, because, like... (laughs) It's wrestling, so I'm sure 19 early 90s wrestling wasn't the most accepting. And, then, and what has happened is the WWF then sues Rivera for all of this, and that comes to court in February of 1993. Bear in mind, at the very end of January, one of the Vince McMahon probably actually felt emotions besides hunger, gas, or anger, which was Andre the Giant died of a heart attack in France. So it's literally, we are 30 days into 1993. He is about to be indicted by the federal government. He is suing a nationally uh, recognized and very, very popular broadcaster in Geraldo Rivera over the reporting of sexual abuse allegations. And his favorite type of wrestler, a drunk, gassy man who just follows orders, is dead. Yeah, and and besides that, you're looking at the fact that like his entire world is being... He's been turned upside down, but the one thing that's in Vince's favor is, like I said, it's wrestling, so no one's really taking it seriously, because the only people that are reporting on these cases are weird fucking tabloid programs, like Donahue, like Geraldo Rivera, where it's like, Geraldo, yeah. Don, Geraldo Rivera, by this point, and Donahue were both at the very, they were at the, eight. this is the apex of trash daytime television of this ilk that then gets swept away by Oprah and reinvigorated by Jerry Springer. Now, the main claims of the suit against Chatterton was that she was dismissed as a referee in 1986 because she was not competent and posed danger to herself in the ring. Schultz's contract um, with uh, Titan Sports was terminated in 1985 because of his erratic and violent behavior, which was not limited to the incident with John Stossel. In 1988, uh, Schultz was uh, hired Anthony Tussi, who was the deputy chief of police in Bloomfield, Connecticut, as a private investigator for the purposes of um, attempting to obtain negative information about McMahon and Titan Sports. Tochi conducted tape-recorded interviews with Chatterton around 1988. Chatterton made no allegation of the sexual misconduct against Fitz McMahon, which they therefore said that that means it's not true, which doesn't really necessarily make any sense. Why would she bring it up unless she was asked directly about it? Because she was probably feeling... This is also the time where people would say things like, well, if if that did happen, why didn't she say immediately? Why didn't she go right to the cops? Which we all know now, there's some shame behind it. It's not like, hey, you took my pen. Yeah. Like that's not how people deal with things. She's like feeling this. intense trauma. By the way, these are and I'm I'm gonna this is there is so many points about there in early nineteen ninety two Schultz was granted interviews where he promised to expose alleged sexual preferences and sexual improprieties in Titan Sports. In those appearances, he never revealed names. Schultz also entered into an agreement with agents of Riviera to provide the show with disparaging information about McMahon. Schultz uh, contacted Chatterton to in uh, induce her into making false statements about McMahon. Chatterton was promised legal counsel to represent her to secure money from McMahon not to uh, not to air her story. Uh, Schultz arranged in March 1992 for Chatterton to make a tape recording purportedly to have been the one done in 1988, which Chatterton would claim she had been raped. Oh, God, this is so fucking brutal what they're doing to these people. Schultz directed... The reason we got into this was to talk about Barry Darso, and now we're talking about uh, <laughs> fucking sexual assault trial from the early nineties. Oh, how far we've come! I mean, it's we are. It's one of those. A uh, man hasn't the world changed since twenty fifteen. Let's do a wrestling podcast where we can just talk about guys who did, who had lots of gimmicks. Good idea. Five years later, uh, 
And then Chatterton was uh, shown a dead cat by one of Vince McMahon's representatives and said, that'll be you, madam. She was then sued <laughs> for telling that story, not understanding that she had inadvertently signed a contract two days earlier. So the main thing that Vince never does is they never try and like directly say, here's money, don't do the show. They just let the show happen and then basically let the unfortunate reality of trials like this, which is it's her word against his, and the best that she can do really is be a character witness in a trial, I guess, if in the steroids trial, which once again... This is such a way bigger deal in the eyes of 2020 than and Vince McMahon. It's not ever even addressed or talked about. Like, it's one of those things where... And what's also interesting is if you talk to... By loyalists, I mean Bruce Pritchard. I listened to his episode on the steroid trial. And this entire era... And you can see where fucking Trump gets this, which is the media is persecuting us and they are a tool of the government. Not understanding... They're not a tool of the government. You can feed media stories too. Just in this case, you can't feed the media this story because then you'll come across like a piece of shit. So instead what they do is, what they do is they take a side because they take the side that's going to be a more better representative representation of the story. Therefore, Vince McMahon's going to look bad because he's the villain in all of these stories. When loyal to him, it's that picture. It's a corporate strategy to go, no, it's not that we're bad. It's that the person telling you the story is bad. If we could get our side out, it would seem like we're good guys. Well, here's your opportunity to get your side out. You don't want to hear it because it involves me uh, killing a kid. <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon obviously tries to sue Rita Chatterton because he suffered emotional distress. Injuries include no, not limited to mental anguish, anger, embarrassment, shame, humiliation, depression, and loss of sleep. The idea of Vince McMahon not sleeping as much is like, I used to sleep three hours, now I'm down to two and, two and a half. I want that 30 minutes, you bitch. Suing means thanking you, right? I'm Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, the same basic complaints, of course, were made regarding Linda McMahon. Linda McMahon, I assume, hasn't slept with Vince in... I assume Linda McMahon has literally forgotten his name at points. What is my husband's name, she said. <laughs> no, no, this is what she said. What is that monster's name, is what she said. Of course, so this is that, and uh, this is fun. To rehabilitate his image after the scandal, uh, Connecticut's Republican governor, Lowell P. Weicker Jr., Yet Vince and Linda seats on the International Special Olympic Committee for the 1995 Games. And then, weirdly, he gets a job with the WWF uh, in, in 1999, earning 25 Gs a year, but gaining 25,000 shares of the company. Yeah, so not declarable income. Ooh, daddy. Booyah, baby. Now let's talk about the Ultimate Warriors yes, lawsuit yes, where he sued for this. almost six million bucks because it's more fun. But the weird thing is, they bring... So this suit was going to be kind of ammo towards the steroid scandal, but the warrior claims just, like, amounts that don't make sense, but also doesn't help the government at all, because he's like, yeah, I mean, I asked Vince for HGH, but he never helped me get it or yeah, anything. Yeah. Can I talk about my stuff again? They're like, oh, fine. <laughs> anyway, I think I should be paid $6 million because I think, I think I invented body um, slamming. I want it on the record. I am not Jim Helwig. My name is Warrior Warrior. I am better than the judge. All people should call me Lord Warrior. All right, first <laughs> Before this Helwig. starts, I would just like to pin the judge, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we start, we will, of course... 
begin this proceedings uh, with the uh, greatest challenge of distrucity. That is a penis size off between me and the judge. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Helwig, we've talked about this. If you get your penis out, you'll be arrested for indecent exposure. When I do it, it's not indecent. Uh, Mr. Helwig, for the love of God, why are you wearing a full tuxedo that seems to be terrible? <sighs> <laughs> this is my suxedo. It's for when I'm getting sucked by a judge. Uh Dylan, you really missed your calling of being a strip club DJ. Like, you'd be so good <laughs> just like, L welcome to Formal And it's Brandy. She's well wearing her bra for all. <laughs> yeah, I would be, if WWF New York just, just pivoted into like a, a weird strip club, that would be I amazing. Mean, if that was still open during the Ruthless Aggression era, I guarantee you he would, the, it would have just been turned into a full brothel. <laughs> <laughs> all right christy you gotta work wwf new york but what no yeah it's fine it's the mid-2000s no one's looking for this yet put on your bejeweled hat and get out yeah, there just bear in mind that for some reason vince mcmahon has taken all of the walls off of the toilets <laughs> july 13th 1991 vince mcmahon agrees to increase helwig's compensation and lessen his workload in an ovation. The novation, written by McMahon, which was introduced as part of the suit, had one. McMahon agreeing to pay Helwig $550,000 for his participation in WrestleMania 8. Was that this 7, time. of course? Sorry this about that. all stuff leading up to this lawsuit of the amount of money he would pay him. Uh, his pay on house shows would increase to 4 to 5% of the net, effective immediately with the understanding that no other WWF athlete would be paid at a higher rate and that no other WWF athlete would be paid. Um, what the fuck is this called now? Because this was the thing that Kevin Nash got. It's called uh, Favored Nations. So it's what it is. Favored Nations Clause. So basically it's like, I make the most, I'm the fucking this best. Is, this YOLO. is not a Favored Nations Clause. So Favored Nations is that... Um, whatever so let's say you and i have favored nations and we're wor we're working for wrestlerreview.net making this podcast we have favored nations where we're both being paid one dollar if you if and then they bring on a co-host for us and that person two dollars we immediately just get two dollars right then so kevin nash and scott hall got favored nations because it then got brought up, brought up, brought up, brought up, brought up. They finally had to waive it for Bret Hart, because if not, it would have bankrupted the company in that moment. Eric Bischoff, to this day, claims that that is not true. Um, and I, and in the end, I believe it. Who cares? I believe that it's probably not true that they didn't get favored nations. I weirdly am. Yeah, because there was definitely something that all of the fucking sheets writers had against Bischoff. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's some. Because I think that, like, Bischoff is extra antagonistic against Meltzer, whereas you see, like, there's stories of Vince McMahon we're going to talk about later, like, hanging out with Dave Meltzer. I mean, I would pay money for that. Do you want to go? Um, like, it just would be. <laughs> this is all I've ever wanted, Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> I will watch you eat it, and I will be coming the whole time. That's what I like. <laughs> oh, a meat cock. Good. Full clothes. <laughs> Your naked I'm clothes sounds like lunch. <laughs> All the showers in the hotel that we're at are on, but no one's using them. <laughs> His compensation from the Warrior 900 line would be identical to Hogan's 900 line. So basically, 
Ultimate Warrior wants to be paid, baby, and he don't want to work that fucking much. And in July 91, Vince is grasping at straws. He needs the Warrior. He thinks, holy fuck a duty. Because this is only like three months after Mania? Yeah, he's been... 91? So he's at the top of his pops. He's a smart businessman. He fucking knew when to fucking strike on this. And yeah, he renegotiated at the peak of his powers. It was really smart. And Vince McMahon, again, much better businessman now, but should have had Mm -hmm. an ironclad contract before. Yeah, and that kind of plays into the WCW, doesn't it? Where it's like WCW really made guaranteed contracts popular. And Vince McMahon at the start didn't like that, but then grew to, oh shit, I can put a clause in where you can't just fucking leave? This is yeah. sick. Writers at Moran. So, Hellweek says he began using anabolic steroids in 1982 as a bodybuilder, continues to use them as a wrestler. Defendants acquiesced and encouraged wrestlers to use... Um, anabolic steroids in order to improve their appearances. Often, Matt and McMahon discussed his own use of steroids with Hellwig and other wrestlers. After the Zatorian trial, Titan instituted an anti-steroid drug policy and testing for both steroids and other illicit drugs. However, after this policy was instituted, steroid use continued with the knowledge and acquiescence of the defendants. This includes HGH, which is, in many ways, undetectable through these steroid tests. Um, and Hellwig was using HGH, then he asked McMahon where to get some, and McMahon, very, very important, didn't fucking know and didn't say anything. Because that would have implica- that would have implicated him for showsies uh, for the government if he was like, here's the dude. In the end, yeah. uh, what it was, was, it is what I believe, is that Hogan and McMahon were splitting steroids, they got to Hogan and were just like, just don't say the proof, and... Because it's, again, when it comes to distribution, which is the case they were trying to make, it's not that he had to sell, it's just that he had to encourage or give it to someone else. And they could never prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that they had that he had done that. So they have no case. They shouldn't have been brought to trial. They should have had a stronger case. They also were relying way too much on them. Yeah, and also the, yeah, the fact that all these guys were so attached to being professional wrestlers, because if you look at the people that are testifying against him it's a people who are like loyal to his dad and the territory system and b and b they're also out of wrestling and don't care about it anymore like jim hellwig doesn't care about wrestling he comes into wrestling again later on because he can make money and people like him as a professional wrestler but he doesn't give a fucking shit about being a wrestler Jim Hellwig is one of the greatest money-making people i've ever seen in my life he probably worked for the last 30 years of his life he probably worked a few days a year yeah and would make hundreds of thousands of dollars and then that he would then funnel into um uh slur-based motivational talks (laughs) jim hellwig is the jordan peterson that the world deserves it's a lot easier t- for me to take seriously that we're all lobsters and that women are fucking bitches naturally and they can't fucking help it when it's coming from a jacked up guy with his shirt off who occasionally just talks about, what's that, warriors? And then just starts air pressing. Uh, it makes more sense that the ultimate warrior fought and fucked Santa than it would be for Jordan Peterson. <laughs> they are the same guy. And if you're thinking, yeah, Jordan Peterson would be a lot better. Like Jordan, if Jordan Peterson would have fully never learned to read if he was born with the Ultimate Warriors genetics. Again, the best thing about Jordan Peterson, by the way, that no one talks about is he claimed all of it wasn't real. And uh, he just said all that stuff because he had a pill addiction, which is 
my favorite thing in the entire world. Oh, I just took too many blueies. That's why I didn't like trans people. And I was like, no, you, di- you didn't think what you were doing was hate speech, but you were smart enough to recognize that you were further, far enough down the rabbit hole, you were about to get charged with some stuff. So you're just like, oh, time to go. Jordy goes, bye-bye. He pulled a real McMahon. He certainly This did. is some fun stuff. August 29, 1992. He was the headline attraction of SummerSlam. Hellwig says, give me a million bucks for that. Yeah, Titan never paid his percentage of the total receipts for this event. Hellwood claims he is entitled to $1 million for this event, although Vince McMahon and other places claim that he held uh, the company up for $500,000, which is why he was fired immediately after the event, and Hulk Hogan planned on having the Iron Sheet break his leg, which we, of course, covered in the 1992 episode. This has got to enrage Vince McMahon because he handed this guy the keys to the kingdom, and within two years, he's suing him for some real weird numbers, such as the following amount um, uh, for matches he... Oh, yeah, he's writing down gate receipts from house shows and being like, you owe me 850 bucks from Peoria, Illinois. Like, that's got to be. And he's like, you can't wrestle. You can't talk. I built you. If in if Vince McMahon signed a contract that said Warrior is entitled to the net of all events, he's fucked. Mm-hmm. That said, I doubt he signed that contract. I mean, because we don't know, the really. The contract actually states, shall receive 25% of licensed products net receipts. So it's a merch deal. It's nothing to do with the fucking... Helwig then, of course, did, was receiving royalties about one hundred and fifty, um, one hundred and fifty thousand for the last quarter of nineteen ninety one. Jesus Christ, um, ni- um, ninety nine thousand three hundred ninety two and ninety nine cents for the first quarter of nineteen ninety two, and around fifty grand for the second quarter of nineteen ninety two. At which time he was working. The lawsuit contends that the defendants purposely withheld monies owed to Helwig according to the contract under the section regarding merchandise royalties. Helwig asked that an accounting be uh, a forensic accounting be done of Titan Sports. Titan Sports wouldn't want that to happen because I'm sure they're doing some tax fraud. And then there was a bunch of... Oh, yeah, (laughs) baby. I remember I worked at a catering company and they were like, don't... They said literally, like, if uh, people are coming in to pick some stuff up, don't let them see our books. And I was like, ooh, I love working here. (laughs) I like that. I won't remember Dylan and I would have full business meetings about running comedy shows, like while he was, quote, unquote, working there. And he would just leave for a while and stand in front of the building and then be like i gotta go now yeah that building was sick i did all my work they hated me but you know what i did it too quick for them to ever complain and i and then my boss one time was like have you ever asked for a raise i'm like if they look over my work they'll fire me so no (laughs) (laughs) i'm not not doing that i'm we both have a good we both have a good deal here uh i don't work hard and i show up dirty but i also do it fast and they don't have to ever pay someone minimum wage because i don't my favorite thing ever was i was working at a restaurant in montreal quebec canada and i got brought in with for a meeting and they said do you hate working here and i said yes and they said we would fire you but the customers like you so we don't know what to do can you improve your attitude and i said no and they said okay (laughs) i then left that job they hired me back (laughs) I mean, the customers like Jim Helwig, and good lord, Diamond Diamond Girl, does he get fucking hired back in a couple of years? We're gonna have more of the Ultimate Warrior. Very funny. My favorite thing, uh, maybe. F- no, sorry, my favorite thing. I think one of the, this is also an important case because 
He has to change his name to Warrior Warrior, Jim Helwig does, because it is levied, essentially, that Titan Sports owns the Ultimate Warrior name. So, but the tassels and the yoked-up playboy that is Jim Helwig, those are all dating back to the Dingo Warrior. So we can, yeah, so we can still have the face paint, the strings around the biceps. Like, anytime, this is the problem, anytime WWE will criticize their fans being like, why would you notice something like that? It's so minute. Like, it's wrestling. Shut up. They'll always play this card whenever any internet nerd fan go- really gets into it. But then they're having a lawsuit being like, um, well, you can have tassels, but the Dingo Warrior had six and the Ultimate Warrior had that's, eight. So it's going to be six, come, okay, you fucking piece that's of shit? The frustration comes from, from wrestling fans is that they're going, but wait, what about that? Like... You told us this, and they're like, no, but it's actually this. Like, it's just... Well, it's the whole thing where it's like, Vince McMahon, obviously the man's never given any fucking interviews about anything, but he contends that you... Wrestling fans are... This He apparently thinks wrestling fans have no memory, and basically, wrestling fans' point is, we're old and we have memories and we're not dumb. Just because we like your hillbilly play fighting doesn't mean we're dumb. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It's so crazy. Good God. Is this and this is by the way the year that teaches Vince McMahon how to act. You lock everyone down. You own IPs for the entire thing, no matter what the gimmick is, or you change the gimmick so you can own that IP for that person. You do not give out merchandise splits, or if you do, it's a very very minute percentage that's hard to calculate. You do you put sign everyone to NDAs. You sign control everything 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 everything, and also you make sure that when Kerry Von Erich gets killed that you laugh and keep prank calling Fritz von Erich and going, ha, Fritz, it's Carrie. Boom, boom, boom. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, God. Carrie von Erich dies. Dino Bravo is murdered. And the honky-tonk man. Oh, is this Dino's wife? Boom, boom, boom. Ha, 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 ha. It's me, cigarettes. Ha, ha, Bye-bye. Boom, 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 boom. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. In February... Honky t- Honky Tonk Man has stopped talking by a radio host after he rings up the station to discuss about being subpoenaed and flown to the grand jury to testify about Vince. Remember when I said before Honky Tonk Man just heard you could get $40 for saying things? He was like, wait a minute, I, I do this shit for free. That was a sports talk radio show. They were asking me about the Miami Dolphins. They said, should we trade Dan Marino to get some depth? I said, I've just been subpoenaed in a grand jury case. They said, now you can't do that. We'll all be sent to deal. I said, honky tonk man, my cousin fucks 12 year olds. <laughs> Very true. Thing to never forget. Jerry Lawler, giant monster. Hey, who's a Jerry Lawler is coming up later in this uh, episode. Let's take a break and then we'll keep talking about the year that was the lawsuits of Vince McMahon. Honky tonk man, boom, 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 boom. I've been, uh, I've been, sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is, so it actually makes my cock bigger. That's the start of this ad. Oh, Please go to Patreon.com/wrestlerreview. <laughs> And donate, and donate to us. $5 gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time. For 25 bucks, you can select a wrestler to review. One guy did Buck Zumoff, who's a pedophile rapist, and we still reviewed him. God damn it, we have no allegiances. 
go to Patreon to hear the Buck Zoom Off episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash rest review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gets a shit? We're back. Are we in? Oh my god, we're fucking Is back. Is it June? Are we into June? When Dave Meltzer starts preview. Uh, Reporting on the two weeks, uh, two weeks previous that Vince handed control of Titan Sports over to Linda. Yes, this is very important. June seventh, Meltzer reports that somewhere over the previous two weeks, of course, Titan Sports is now in Linda's name because Vince is preparing to go to jail. Again, this cannot be stressed enough. Vince McMahon is guilty. He is acting like a guilty man. He is preparing to be a guilty man. He will. He has changed the narrative to like the character. It was a witch hunt, and it was like it was a witch hunt only in that they spotted a witch, and they went, "We better go hunt that witch." <laughs> Vince McMahon was absolutely pressuring his performers to take steroids. Vince McMahon was absolutely sharing steroids with Hulk Hogan. Oh, shouldn't you say allegedly, Vince McMahon? If you want to sue me, please do. I could use the fucking press. You right wing sex offender, Vince McMahon couple of things i'm going to tell people about you that i know implicitly you smoke cigarettes you sneeze a lot you're a weak bitch now um the thing to of course remember is that vince uh, and um <laughs> transferring over control to linda basically means that he is going to be operating the company from jail this also starts the rotating uh, search for various territorial wrestling personalities to be brought in in the upcoming years, which leads to Bruce Pritchard not liking Jerry Jarrett and Kevin Nash telling Bill Watts that um, uh, up here I eat you for fucking dinner. And then Bill Watts, of course, went on to be a racist loser and Jerry Jarrett went on to smoke a lot. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jarrett was like, well, back to the pedophile farm, I suppose. old kindergarten. I don't know why Jerry calls it that. So... There's an issue in August of 1993 of the WWF magazine. Keep in mind, this magazine, if you're a young person, was a magazine that was written as if wrestling was real, and all of a sudden they have a article from Vic Venom, Vince Russo at the time, where he's just saying that the steroid trial is a witch hunt, and it's like alongside articles uh, like is adam bomb really from three mile island the harvey harvey whippleman at home he lives inside a car and <laughs> hulk hogan where's he from all of america at once Search correct water, no longer likes iran or israel or whatever country he said he was from and he's now back to being america that's cool He's our friend again. That happened all of a sudden. We forgive him. No one likes him. (laughs) Steph, all right, so Luger comes out when uh, toes the company line and says, we get fully tested every 10 days. This is my favorite part. So basically, to summarize, he says, I don't do steroids anymore. I used to, but I don't now. My favorite line of this is, we have real pants-to-the-ankles testing for marijuana, coke, and steroids by men in white coats. (laughs) Not doctors. Just guys in white coats that suck me <laughs> off and say, you're clean. Mm. <laughs> Here comes Chewy. You know what that means. Clean as a whistle, pal. Pardon me. Let's kiss. What? 
Yeah. And also, once again, if you don't do outside testing, that's not real testing. Because you can just be like, hey, Lex, we're going to test you in three months. And you're like, okay, cool. I'll cycle off. Yeah. It's also, yeah. Hey, in 10 days, not do anything that will be come up on that test? Sure. Great. Bye. Yeah. Except if you're Tully Blanchard and then you're like, what if I do so much coke that I pass? I'm- <laughs> I gotta take enough muscle relaxants because here's a little life hack. If you do enough of them, you sleep forever. You're not on drugs, and the physique you have is. I mean, Vince McMahon, that coming from Lex Luger is kind of like a fucking neo Nazi being like, it's just important to be organized. <laughs> um, so we got. Ne- this is very important. USA Network renews their contract with the WWF until 1995. Amongst all of this chaos they still have a tv deal so that comes through for the wwf now we're going to talk about the case from 1993 jerry lawler is charged this one thing that's very important with all this legal scrutiny which rat gets off this ship gene okerlund doesn't like the heat baby so he yes baby oh welcome everyone what if the federal government asks for my journals time to go You're not subpoenaing me for my tapes. I'm out of here. Head to the south, when the police, where the police are easily bribed and the wooded areas are secluded. Ha ha! Oakland strikes again. Alabama's various parents will be weeping because their victims will never be found. Because I'm going to fucking wood chipper them and then stand in front of the chute where all the blood and gristle comes. Open my mouth and go dinner time. <laughs> I'm going to Universal Studios Florida, which was, which as they say, is like a bunch of guppies with a shark yeah. in it now. Here's the thing about Universal Studios Florida. Uh, none of the toilets go to the sewers. They just go to a pipe that I drink from. <laughs> so this is going to be real sad. Jerry Lawler was indicted on one count of second degree rape, three counts of second degree sodomy. And one count of harassing a waitress. I mean, maybe leave the waitress. Sorry, harassing a witness, not waitress. I'm sorry. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury of this very lovely place of Memphis, Tennessee, this man was Kurt to a Denny's waitress. We all know. <laughs> order an orange juice, you do not refer to it as OJ. Oh, sure, this man is definitely the uh, equivalent. What Nike is to shoes, Jerry Lawler is to sex crimes. But that's not what's important here. What's on trial is manners, ladies and gentlemen. And if you do not greet a Denny's waitress courteously by using the full words for orange juice, he's no better than the thing that he already is, the ruiner of childhoods. The ruiner of childhoods was Jerry Lawler's original angle for the Attitude Era, but then he did (laughs) segue. He did manage to get off of that. Gentlemen, that's the noise of Dylan editing out. He was nope, full Full in harassment charge uh, alleged that on October fourth, Lawler engaged in misleading or unlawful conduct intended to dissuade a person who he believes may be used as a witness from causing a criminal prosecution to be sought or instituted. According to a story in the Louisville Courier Journal, the charge is not related to the alleged victim of sex crimes, but related to a 14-year-old girl who have may been the first person to report them. Basically, what happened here, um, it's alleged, and it was eventually ruled by the court, was that these two girls made up a story about having sex with Jerry Lawler, and then they told one of their friends, and their friends went right to the cops, and... Then the girls went ahead with charging the whole trial because they were embarrassed. 
and essentially change their story enough that the lawyers for Lawler poked holes in them. And uh, eventually Lawler gets off. Like, pretty immediately Lawler gets off. Lawler told Keller, each and every one of these allegations are false. They'll be proven false if need be in a court of law. There is a case of a couple girls who are wrestling... This is a case of a couple girls who are wrestling groupies who told another party about a supposed sexual conquest. This party went to the authorities. The authorities then came to me. I volunteered to tell my side of the story to a grand jury, but when I was in front of the grand jury, I didn't get to tell my side of the story and what I knew about the situation. Basically, that means his lawyers were like, don't go on the fucking stand. Don't go on the fucking stand. <laughs> don't you go on the stand. Uh, how come do you keep talking about um, these girls? Your mouth is watering and your yeah, tongue uh, is Mr. out. Mr. Lawler, I don't understand why you brought Polaroids of the girls that you supposedly haven't met. <laughs> it's very weird that you know their home address is off by heart and you just referred to one of your sons as that dog I know. Um, Mr. Lawler... Uh, I understand that you're claiming you didn't sleep with these girls, but why is it necessary to bring pictures of the other girls you did? Ha-ha! I'm a fucking monster! Ha-ha-ha! <laughs> Thirteen! <laughs> a teen! Disgusting! Jerry Lawler! Hey, everyone on the internet who listens to this show, just go tweet at Jerry Lawler. Yeah. You are a pedophile! Does he have, um... I mean, not for long. <laughs> Does he have Twitter? If he didn't, I I feel like he probably has a WWE account. <laughs> yeah, that's just mo- just some tired intern is like I've been working for free Do you for know sixty. How long years. it takes to delete all of the things? Just saying. You're- <laughs> no, Jerry Lawler has Twitter. One point four million. Ooh, following six hundred and twenty six people. Mm. <laughs> no, they're all. Oh, we got. I got. You got to get a deep. We got to get to do a deep fucking dive through all these people who Jerry Lawler follows because there's probably a creepy one. Anyway, WWF immediately suspends Lawler and appending the completion of his legal proceedings. Yeah. If you ever want to know how creepy your friends are, just like scroll through their follows and the amount of Dylan and mine's mutual friends that are following a lot of porn stars on social media is hilarious. Oh yeah. I remember someone tweeted like, don't be a coward follow the porn stars the that you look at on Twitter and I wanted to respond I have a family I know you don't but I do <laughs> I mean like not following porn stars <laughs> so my fucking niece could find out you creep ass The reason why I know this is because my Instagram discover page started to be real porn tastic and I was like what the hell and then I I looked and I was like I just started clicking and it's like these people all follow these and I was like I mean, none of these people are surprising because they're all Dylan Gott. Now, um, the thing to remember about this trial is that Jerry Lawler gets off and everyone's fine with it because he's a terrible person, but everyone likes him supposedly because wrestling. The girls had holes in their story and the holes were exposed. And essentially later they said they made it up, which could be true, could not be. There was then or later alleged that he paid them off, but then that was never, um, that was... Yeah, and also, and also, every time he speaks like this, basically, Dave Meltzer says it really sounds like he's cutting a promo, which is what you turn to for sure, because he doesn't know how to speak in public unless he's not Jerry the, the King Lawler. You have to remember is this his wife's? Yeah, I mean, you can look for like you can. It's like R. Kelly, where it's like R. Kelly when they were like, "Hey, I think R. Kelly has some problems with underage women." It's like, well, he didn't marry Aaliyah when she was sixteen, and you don't just marry someone the day they're sixteen without. 
fucking having a couple dates when they're 15, which yeah, is disgusting. Yeah, the thing to also remember is that like he did it, he knew how to do it. Like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if you get married in international waters, it's legal everywhere, but they don't look at the birth certificate, which means they can be any age. And it's like, so this is pre-internet. Someone had to look that up. Yeah, and of course the uh, the legacy of kings of memphis does involve marrying 12 year olds so i don't want to be disparaging to all our fans in tennessee but if someone's gonna fuck an underage cousin they're gonna be from tennessee well this is the thing it was the part of the lineage to keep the bloodline clean you see you're a bunch of fucking targaryens or whatever the fuck targaryens targaryens (laughs) game of thrones you're talking about game of thrones cool I'm a Lannister. Ooh, whoa, Game of Thrones. Yeah, let's talk about current TV show, let's Game of Thrones. B- okay, Billions. I'm Hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not as fun names on the yeah, thing, Billions. I'm- so the big finale here, even more than Jerry Lawler, the first of his many trials he's about to go to were banging kids is vince mcmahon versus the united states government the first time he learns that he's he starts to feel like he's god there's the charges specifically against mcmahon everybody huddle around your radio that i'm sure you're listening to your family you got a hot cup of cocoa going maybe the family dog has got a finger in it from you because you're a gross guy (laughs) and uh Dylan, Here you go, Dylan, your finger on, and your dog. Can you read the yeah. charges as either Stan Hansen or Barry Darso? I mean, I forget a, both of those impressions. Who should I read the charges we, as? we got to read the charges as someone. We can't just blank read the charges. Okay. Conspiracy to distribute anabolic steroids and to defraud the United States Food and Drug Administration between 1985 and February 1991. This carried a penalty of a maximum of five years in prison. This, by the way, is Blackjack Mulligan. <laughs> okay, let me do. I'll do Stu Hart reading the next one. In a legal position, uh, with intended distribute additions, which related to a single incident in October 24th, 1989. That's one of my kids. This carried a maximum <laughs> sentence of three years in prison. I'd like to be in prison. Helen would shut the fuck up. In addition, McMahon could be fined up to half a million dollars honky-tonk, yeah, man. Hey, the, the, how funny it is to be indicted for a grand jury and then call someone like, Hey, they're going to put me in a grand jury. I'll tell you what that guy did. He fucking would give me 50 bucks. I'm going to tell them he told sold me steroids. And I told him, I ain't no pussy. I don't need steroids, honky-tonk, man. Yeah, that's right, Wayne. I can fucking agree with you because the charges against Titan Sports were a conspiracy to drip the illegal possession of anabolic steroids with the inner intent to distribute related to a single incident on October 24th, 1989. It's carried a fine of a maximum of half a million dollars unless I get to your ass all now, here's first. The thing. And I lick it clean. The thing that also you need, you need okay. to remember is... That the government overstretched for this final charge. Mm-hmm. Titan Towers could be seized as it was classed as profits from a criminal enterprise. That's too far. How are you going to prove in, in, explicitly that steroids are the reason wrestling was successful? That's a bridge too far. It fucks them. <laughs> I'm looking at Jerry Lawler's Twitter, and the only thing I can find out one right now is, unfortunately, a very cute, funny thing, which is the fact that he follows Facebook on Twitter, <laughs> which is like a... Classic old man thing to do. Like, well, I'll follow my friend's Facebook first. <laughs> um, 
Welcome everyone. In addition, Titan Towers could have been seized as it was classed as profits from a criminal enterprise. And if they seize it, I hope they don't knock it over, because that's when they'll find my friends uh, I buried. Welcome everyone to the legal proceedings of Vince McMahon. All of this was done by him as a distraction because I showed him where all of his assistants were going, and they basically were being built into a worshipping zombie so I could be the new Jesus. <laughs> So this is a landmark case at the time because it was the first attempt for the government to prosecute the owner of a business and the business itself for benefiting from the use of an illegal substance. If McMahon had been convicted, then uh, coaches, then coaches alongside other sports employees, like other employees of sports clubs, sports clubs. I don't know why. Oh, because he's uh, British and doesn't like sports. Sports teams employees could be also be prosecuted basically if barry bonds gets caught doing steroids then the manager of the san francisco giants is also implicated so it would have been a super fucked up thing to be honest if vince mcmahon would have known but this is essentially just like george zahorian was the first domino in the wwf case um, they wanted Vince McMahon to be the next domino in essentially proving that the NFL, the MLB, and not so much hockey and basketball, not because of steroid use, but moreover just because of the physiques used, but like Tour de France, especially the IOC, especially like the Olympic Committee, um, a lot of people do steroids there, and the only person that suffers is the athlete, the organization itself, which is clearly doing something with like clearly at least okay with them using steroids um what, what the notion what dylan's sort of getting at is it's the idea of holding accountable the organizations that put the pressure on the athletes to do these things to their body now much better very, said it's a very dubious thing to claim because you as especially in the states the burden of proof is always on the prosecution the burden is also to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt so you as a jury juror can have no doubt about what you are convicting the person of. If you have doubt, they're not guilty. Which means you have to prove if that the IO in the case of Lance Armstrong. That's why the Lance Armstrong case is so dubious in that the IOC was actually very careful and incredibly discouraged, but rewarded the achievement that Lance Armstrong got from steroids, which is why he kept doing it, and then was eventually found to be a big, big liar, liar, pants on fire. Now, True say times a million. Now, the thing that's interesting about the Vince McMahon case, especially with the way these charges are positioned, is that there is no fucking way you're going to be able to prove a lot of the things that they're saying because to go, Tyne Towers purchased solely through a criminal enterprise is going, well, there was every aspect of it um, a criminal enterprise. Was everyone on steroids? No. Like, they will fucking put... Like, they will show you the JYD and George the Animal Steel. They were not on steroids. So, therefore, your your case mm -hmm. does not work. So, with that charge, I guarantee Jerry McDivitt got a full legal boner and was like, well, there's the first way we're going to attack. Well, and the other thing is, like, it's much more plausible nowadays that a case like this would end up working out. By which I mean, it's more plausible that Vince McMahon would send a company email that, like, hey, do steroids, everybody, versus... Back then, when it legit would have had to have been a company memo or like him writing the junkyard dog and being like, Hey, junkyard dog, how are you? Hope your family's pretty good. Anyway, could you do steroids and no crack? Thank you. I mean, the thing that's also very important to remember is that I'm not wearing any fucking clothes right now.
And the reason why is because I'm so hot about the situation. The thing to remember is this. Um, the burden of proof rests solely on did all of these. And again, Vince is a master manipulator. They overshot, didn't prepare properly for their opponent, and then they got fucked from the fucking off. It's amazing. Yeah, this isn't good. Uh, sidebar, once again, still scrolling down Jerry Lawler's people he's following. He individually follows all of the Backstreet Boys. Excuse me, what? <laughs> he individually follows all the Backstreet Boys. Not the group, but he follows <laughs> Nick Carter, Brian Luttrell, Kevin Richardson, A.J. McLean, and Howie D. Everyone but Lance Bass. What a homophobe. I mean, Lance Bass was in NSYNC, you piece of shit. God damn it. <laughs> well, I guess he's not a... He's not a, he's not in sync with Lance Bass, you know what I mean? I mean, that's an indictment right there. Why is a man who was in his 50s when the the or late 40s when the Backstreet Haha, I love them. Hi. I don't like the music, but I like their audience. Hoo-hoo, ha. Right. My friend my friend Chris Martin has seen the Backstreet Boys live and he claimed it was the greatest thing. Well, it's not it's not not going to be. I mean, I would go see Oh yeah, we'd we'd know all the songs just by being, you know, Hot Boys. <laughs> Because we do what we want. Boys. I guarantee you tens Oh, yeah. I'd be fucking coked <laughs> up as fuck at the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I'll show you what a Backstreet Boy does, and I'd fucking stab somebody there. Gah! I was born on these back streets. Everybody. Yeah. Stabbies. Yeah. <laughs> He's a monster. Backstreet's back against a corner. Jerry Lawler has invited himself to our houses. <laughs> essentially, the U.S. government, I don't know how they... You know what? The U.S. government essentially believed wrestlers. Um, I don't know how they arrived at prosecuting this case because it's... Essentially, I think Vince McMahon is very careful to go, always go, hey, you need to gain some size and never explicitly saying what that... More definition in the chest. But I mean, like... Oh, yeah, of course. And it's like, how else would you do that given that you're working 300 days a year? Like, you need steroids to A, help you recover from your horrible schedule, and B, you need all the help in the gym you can get because you're already wrestling once a day and it's really taxing on your body. But what it boils down to, since he doesn't give them anything to go like that, it's essentially the same case as you were to find four guys smoking weed and then just picking one guy to say, you're the drug dealer. And then he says, no. I just know a drug dealer. What's interesting, actually, is, and this was a charge that wasn't actually brought by the government, but the charge actually stems from the warlord, and it was basically that Vince McMahon kept mm. employing the warlord because eventually he knew the warlord was going to die from steroid abuse, and then Vince McMahon wanted to eat mm-hmm. him to see if that would mean he could be as big as the warlord without having to work out. And this is the other thing. Unfortunately, the warlord still very much alive. I assume not in as good shape. Yeah, but the other thing about him is as soon as steroids were made illegal and as soon as the U.S. government got involved, every single wrestling company was like, well, <laughs> you're out because you, my friend, are steroids yeah. incarnate. As again, the amount of people that have this, they, they all have that story of they injected his butt stuff came out and they're like, you're full when it's only got to be one person, but like eight people have that story. If the sentence cardio burns muscle, so that's why I do it don't do it was a person it would be the warlord <laughs> see i haven't actually ever ran because that that burns muscle and then i wouldn't be this yoke yeah the thing to remember about me is uh every time i sh- 
that's not water from the shower. That's tears from my ass. I cry out the wrong hole now because of the steroids. I'm just trying to protect myself from the world. That's, this muscle is just a shield against judgment. <laughs> uh, warlord, why are people judging you? I, I like poetry. Why did you end up taking steroids, Mr. Warlord? Because my dad never loved me. Okay, well, we're looking for a real answer here. That is the real answer. Jury cries, McMahon, not guilty. Yeah, exactly. McMahon, yeah, the warlord s- sits in witness stand. Now, Mr. The Warlord, which you've insisted on we call you, have you ever purchased steroids? I do not purchase <laughs> I pass steak. I only eat leather material now. now. Um, That's where I get my protein. We should talk about this. Jerry McDivitt, Jerry McDevitt called. The indictment's cockamamie in the... The news, which is always a pretty loyal to McMahon, right? Attacking the charges, which is exactly what you do in the media. And then they report on it because there's something to report on it. By virtue of the Drug Forfeiture Act, the government, upon convincing of tightening sports on, e- um, on either a uh, conviction of tightening sports on either account, is attempting to these alleged. The office probably was intended to be. Uh, was used or intended to have been used to commit uh, or facilitate the violations. The indictment also noticed that in December 1989, Titan officials and McMahon learned of the federal investigation into Zahorian's activities and warned him of the investigation and at that point prevented him from appearing at future WWF shows, which they said points to guilt as opposed to losers at my events. It's a very murky time, ladies and gentlemen, and we are not even that way, not even fucking close to done because the thing to remember is this is... The trial actually happens in 94 at... WCW, you mean? Pardon me. You better watch Smash at the Beast, dude, because I'll be doing steroids live in the ring, and brother. And just to end on one more lawsuit, in November the 26th of Eduardo Carpentier... Edward Carpentier, one of the biggest wrestlers in the history of Quebecois wrestling, essentially, who was the color commentator for French-Canadian uh, indie sh- syndication shows for... Eight years, uh, basically alleges wrongful dismissal. They say, you were bad at this, and I think they're both correct. I don't know how that one... I don't know why Hobson included that one as if that was <laughs> that was the headline. It was like, whatever, steroid trial, that's bullshit. Edward Campantier, a sleeping Frenchman who somehow still had six cigarettes while asleep, was fired for, as he said... Why can't I fucking have a bit of vodka during the show, man? (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting thing of just going every month of this is one law. If it's not that, then one of his direct important figures. Well, this is the thing I want to talk about, at least. I think the best and worst. uh, I mean, there is no best or worst. I think the best. (laughs) I don't want to do a best or a worst. I just want to add this. I think that because of the steroid scandal and because of the Rita Chatterton stuff and the ring boy stuff, which we didn't even, which we kind of glossed over is that Murray Hodgson claims that basically Pat Patterson said, suck me off or you're fired. And then he was like, well, I'm leaving. And Pat Patterson said, well, you missed out on some fun. Well, you, my friend are fired. Yeah. So that's what he alleges. A couple other people do. Of course, Tom Cole, the case where they came to a, they gave him a fucking cushy job with the WWF in, because Tom Cole had stuff that was that incriminating. And Murray Hodgson, they basically said, this guy's a fucking, this guy, no one will believe him. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, they were correct in that. Um, people see sharks forming, essentially, which is Edgar Carpentier, I'm, 
obviously this is all just editorializing and guessing, but like the warrior and Edwin Cabartier see the sharks circling and they think maybe I can slip one past the goalie here. Their main council is obviously bulking up to take on the motherfucking government of the United States of America. Maybe I can slip this case past. Turns out, Jerry McDivitt never sleeps, wakes up, argues about why you yeah, woke him up. Jerry McDivitt's morning routine is wake up, wake up wife, yell at wife. Wife is mirror. Um, Those aren't eggs. They're clearly eggs, Jerry. Okay, if they're eggs, then how come you haven't called them eggs? I did call them eggs. Uh, did you? You can't have. Yeah. Opening statement. I'm going to jack off today. <laughs> Jerry, stop doing that. I'll never stop. Me and Vince just stared at each other in the eyes for 45 minutes. It was the most wonderful experience of my life. So in the, in the early 90s, he looked like a fucking cowboy, and now he just looks like an old man. But in the early 90s, he had like a fucking thousand-yard stare, and it looked like he looked like Vince McMahon's manager, which is, I'm sure what he liked <laughs> he just looked he just loved it oh he is i mean once again i read off his bio from his uh the firm he's at right now and it's like a bunch of like and that's when he yelled at a woman into saying fine nothing happened and then it, things did happen and jerry still let vince get away with it also he defended some people in civil court because he needs to say at least he needs to defend at least a couple people who didn't do it Jerry often practices civil law so that when he goes into... <laughs> Jerry assumes one day he'll be eaten by locusts and then he'll be like, hmm, maybe Jesus is real. So... K&L Law for... <laughs> Final quote from Vince McMahon, the most Vince McMahon quote I've ever read. This oppressive investigation for over 19 months has cost us millions and millions of dollars. I would not wish on what we have endured already on my worst enemy ever that's absolutely patently not true because it's unfair unjust and as far as i'm concerned un-american the most vince mcmahon sentence by the way vince mcmahon's worst enemy has been kept barely alive like in the movie seven and is being stung with bees repeatedly for the last 25 years don't believe me sable Lawsuit against uh, Vince McMahon for sexual harassment and assault, and then he hired her back. First angle she does, you are going to stroke me off on TV, Sable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that when they re-signed Brock, he was like, All right, one thing, one last thing, Vince. Kiss her fucking dirty fucking feet. Well, you didn't. I don't know if they're dirty. Kiss her dirty fucking feet. I know they're fucking dirty. I shit on them myself, and it's protein powder, so it smells fucking shitty. But it's gah. Well, it's actually it's a really healthy one. That's my Brock Lesnar. Is it good? Hi everyone, it's me, Brock Lesnar. No, it's less. You're you're doing like a a classic classic homophobic voice john that i will actually cut out of the episode for you but my it's more like high pitched because you we all remember the first time we heard brock lesnar speak where it's like this guy's a monster and then he was like hey i'm paul my friend paul here who's been grooming me oh i was told not to say groom molesting is that no okay okay well, this bald, fat guy is my friend, and I'm going to beat up whoever he says, Hardy Boys. 
You get out of those Marilyn Manson clothes and into a dry martini. That's something my dad told me to say. Ooh, no, that's it. Fuck you. There's no good things about this. The worst thing is that Vince McMahon's a monster. Thanks very much for listening. Go to patreon.com. We'll have some fun best of shows that were edited together by... Oh, God, I forget the name of the goddamn man. Um, Give me one second here. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review will have new episodes up uh, about, I think because this has been so bleak, maybe some fun guys. We have Patreon episodes, of course, uh, coming up from Larry Cantor, goddamn junior motherfucker, and John Cooper. These guys are part of our $25 club, so they get to pick some people. We're going to have, I don't know. I'm just going to say one right now. We'll have fucking Fit Finley up next. Fuck it. I love Fit Finley. Fit Finley noted best worst teeth in the biz. Mm, Got very injured during a weird WCW hardcore match that wasn't filmed very well, so it didn't look that good. What a fun time. So we'll have a Fit Finley episode coming coming up soon. We have some best ofs that were listener fucking donated. So best ofs. I think I already put the Mean Gene Oakland up there, one there. If I didn't, then I'll add that one. If not, Stan Hansen's coming up next. Gonna be a suck suck time for old fat boys. So gain some weight. Suck yourself off. Good times. Instagram and Twitter. We're on at Wrestler Review. We'll be doing an Instagram live once again on Tuesday and Thursday. We'll figure what uh, what the fuck we're doing on our Twitter. That's once again at Wrestler Review. Tell your friends. Wrestler Review Podcast. Rate us on iTunes. Rate us on Real Life. Rate us on SoundCloud. Whatever app you use. Go into the streets. Just start yelling at people. Don't touch them, though. Coronavirus. Never die. Vince McMahon, always die. Dylan got... Bye-bye.